Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. There's a difference between purchasing something and redeeming something, right? Purchasing something is buying something that you didn't have. Redeeming something is buying it back because it belonged to you the whole time. When we talk about Jesus being our redeemer, he didn't just purchase our salvation. He didn't just purchase our lives. He redeemed us. Why? Because he created us. Jesus, we already belonged to God. So we're talking about redemption today. It's a big word in the Bible. In fact, it's all throughout the Bible. But there is a difference between purchase and redemption. Number one is this, and you can write this in. Jesus created us. Jesus created us. And look at this verse here. It says, but now thus says, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, but now thus says the Lord who created you. Would you read this with me, in fact? But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed you, have called you by your name, and you are mine. See, that's the way God looks at our lives. Sometimes we present Jesus or present God in our lives as an option. You know, like, well, what faith are you? Well, who do you believe in? Well, let me tell you, God is the one who created all human beings. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the light. There isn't, there isn't another option out there. He created us. That's why when he looks at himself coming down and buying us back, he doesn't just use the word purchase. He uses the word redeem. Why? Because he looks at it as we belong to him and he belongs to us. Um. When you make something, it becomes your own, right? If you create something, it becomes your own. Uh, you know, I like to write songs, and I like, to, I like to make things. They're not always great things, but, you know, things that, like, I come up with a fix on something around the house or do something. But there are people that will come up with inventions, right? And they'll make these things to solve problems. And if you ever watch Shark Tank, how many watch Shark Tank? Okay, you watch Shark Tank and you, you go into Shark Tank and they say, here's an invention. And a, one of the first questions they'll ask is, do you have a patent? Well, why? Because we're not gonna invest in something that all these other people own and then they're gonna stop telling you to sell it and use it because they own it, right? See, when you create something, you take it and you make it, uh, you have a prototype that you put out there and make sure that it works and all that and then you get a patent or multiple patents on it so that nobody else can use it so that you can call it yours so that if it ever becomes marketable, right? They say, who does it belong to? Well, this person came up with it, right? Really, the person who, who patented it the first is the one who owns it, right? But Jesus looks at our lives as he came up with you. He came up with me. And so he owns us. That's, that's how he looks at our lives. So he created us. Jesus created us. God created us, remember, in his own image and in his own likeness. Do you want to know the reason why you get angry sometimes? God gets angry. God has emotions. God has feelings. You want to know sometimes you go, man, my thoughts are, 
God has thoughts. He talks about his thoughts. He talks, by the way, <laughs> the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So you can be angry, right? Righteous in indignation without sinning. The, some of the thoughts, sometimes you get irritated. Do you know God gets irritated? You see it in the Bible. He gets irritated with pride. In fact, he calls it hate. I hate pride. He hates a proud look, right? That, that look, that thing, that, that what we call a cool look. God doesn't like that, right? There's things that God gets irritated. The Bible says God resists, but God gives grace to others. And you wonder why you feel some of those things. I'm not saying all of our feelings come from God, but I'm saying the capacity to feel, the capacity to think. God created us in his likeness and in, in his image, and then he gave us the ability to be able to create, to procreate, right? Children. And sometimes you look at a children, sometimes you don't have to ask a, a child who their mom or dad is. You look at them and you go, yeah, I know they belong to them, right? <laughs> because they look like them, they act like them, they have actions like them. Do you know that we were created in the image and the likeness of God? That he created us. Jesus created us. He alone did this. We can't recreate human, the, a, a whole new human race on our own, right? It took Jesus. He created us. Number two is sin took us away. Write that in. Sin took us away. The, the book of Romans... So Jesus created us, sin took us away. In the book of Romans chapter three in verse, verses 23 and 24, it says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? And normally we just stop there. A lot of, a lot of times people will just stop right there. But I want you to go on and read verse 24. In fact, let's read it together, would you? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. I like verse 24, don't you? I mean, we, we all know that we sin. You know, you don't have to, most people, you don't have to convince them that they sin, right? I mean, every once in a while, you'll find someone that's like, oh, I don't know about me. And I'm like, are you joking me? Come on, man. You know, but most people know that they sin. But I love verse 24. It says, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Well, why did we need redemption? Because sin took us away from God. Sin caused there to be a gap between us and God. When we sinned, it wasn't that God was pulling away from us. He had to pull away from sin. And so when we contaminated ourselves with sin... It, it, it's sort of like when you get dressed and you're already say for a, you know for something real nice and and you're dirty you know like like a, a, a kid comes in and they're playing in the dirt and your your son or your daughter walks in and they're like hey give me a hug and you're like no 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 I just took a shower right you know that's kind of with God he's righteous he's holy it's not that he's a prude and and doesn't you know he doesn't want to associate with you no it's because God is holy and he cannot sin. So when he had to separate himself, he had to separate himself. In fact, he didn't separate himself. We separated ourselves from the holiness of God when we sinned, when humanity sinned. And so what happened? Sin took us away from God. It created a gap between us and God. God created everybody with a moral choice. Every person with a moral choice. He gave them a moral choice, and man chose to sin. What does the word sin mean? Well, it's a Greek word, uh, hamartea. It just means to miss the mark. Like if you were shooting a bow and arrow or you were shooting you know, at a target and you missed the mark, that would be called sin. Okay? It's something that you just missed it. 
you blew it, right? You, 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 you meant to do the right thing or you didn't mean to do the right thing, but either way, you missed the mark. That's what sin is. And when we miss the mark, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we know that Romans chapter uh, 6 verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, one of the biggest questions that I hear in life is people say, why do bad things happen? Why does God allow bad things happen? Well, that's a complex, a real, I think anyone who would just say a simple answer to that, you know, would, would, uh, would be oversimplifying because that is a complex, complex question. But do you ever wonder that or do you ever question that is why do bad things happen? Let me tell you, I know that we all say, well, because God's in control of everything. Well, I want to remind you that God gave man authority over things on the earth and God gave man a moral choice. God gave man a choice. In fact, many times you see in the Old Testament, he would say, if you do this, this will happen. And if you do this, this will happen. It's kind of like just choices with, with our kids, right? That we say, hey, if you do this, you know, you're going to do this. And we, they gave, God gave man a choice. And what happens? If they don't do this, eventually something will happen. So you say, so is, so are you saying that bad things happen to people because that person sinned? Well, what I'm saying is the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Why do bad things happen? Because we have a thief. And we don't have a thief, but we, there's a thief on this earth. And Jesus said the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So how do we know if something in our life is happening is God or is the devil? How do we know? Well, if it's life, if it's something that's fulfilling, if it's something that's healing, if it's something that's blessing and fullness of life and joy in life and righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God, then we know that that came from God. If it's something that's over on this side that's, that's taking you down and taking you out, steal, kill, and destroy, then who does that come from? The thief, Jesus said. So what does sin do? Sin puts us in a place to where it gives permission for the enemy to work in our lives. It gets us out like, like you know, an umbrella. If you take an umbrella here and you have a person who's standing under, under an umbrella and you say, well, what happened to them? Well, sometimes they've moved out from under the covering of the Lord. Sometimes they've moved out from under the protection of the Lord and something happened. You go, they were a, they were, they were, they were a spirit-filled person. Well, maybe not that day. Maybe that day they were, they, 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 they were filled, but they came out from under that covering and that protection. That's why Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under, like an umbrella, the shadow of the Almighty. So I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, and in him will I trust. The best place to be is under the covering of the Lord. The best place to remain is under the shelter of Almighty, Almighty God. The simple answer of why bad things happen is because there's a thief that's out there and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And then number three is this. Number three, Jesus, you can write this in, bought us back. That's what redemption is. Jesus bought us back. Don't sit here and worry about being under the hand of the enemy. Oh, the devil's chasing me. No, listen, Jesus bought you back. <laughs> you don't have to worry about, the devil's not your father. 
The devil's not the one who, even though he's chasing you down, you have a good, good father that loves you. And he sent Jesus to buy you back and grab you back and pull you into his kingdom and pull you back into his life. You're redeemed today. Somebody say, I'm redeemed today. See, sometimes we need to remind ourselves, I'm redeemed today. Well, I don't feel redeemed. Well, we walk by faith and not by feeling. We walk by faith and not by our emotions or our sight or the way things seem to be. Jesus bought us back. Jesus bought us back. In First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. It says, like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Read this with me. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, without spot. How were we redeemed? What did Jesus use to redeem us? His precious blood. You know, there's a couple of options that Jesus could have done. He could have just wiped us out. He could have just said, okay, I'm going to start over. These guys are jacked up. These guys are messed up. I'm going to just start over, right? He could have done that. But no, he loved us too much. You know what else he could have done? He could have thought of another way. Could he send an angel? Could he send someone else? Could he do it? You know what Jesus did? He said, I'll go. I'll go. And I'll become man. And I'll shed my own blood. And I'll be persecuted. And I'll be crucified. And I'll go through all the junk so that they can experience eternity. I'll buy them back. The redemptive price that Jesus paid was his own life. It was the highest price that he could ever pay. It was his own life. Um, he loved us so much that he gave his own life. In fact, in 2 Corinthians, it's one of our favorite verses as believers. It says this. Read this with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's redemption. All things have become new. And let me tell you, friends, family, let me tell you this morning on this Christmas morning, you have to remind yourself of that. You have to remind yourself I'm new because you don't always feel new, do you? You don't always feel washed, do you? You don't always feel loved all the time. But you have to remind yourself I'm loved, I'm redeemed, I'm free. Jesus bought me back. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm in the family of God. I'm loved by God today. I'm redeemed. In fact, let's just say it today. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Say it again. I'm redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And we have to remind ourselves of that. I'm redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. There was a story that illustrates this so well that I heard. Nate, you want to come up here? Um, of a boy. You may have heard this story before of a boy who lost his boat. And uh, Tom... He carried his new boat to the edge of the river and he carefully placed this boat in the water and he slowly let out the, str the string to let the wind take it down the river a bit. And Tom sat in the warm sunshine and he admired the little boat that he had built. Suddenly a strong current caught the boat and it took the boat faster than he could carry it and it broke the string and the boat began to go on its own down the river. And Tom... Uh, you know, let go, and he started running down the river on the sandy shore on the side to try to catch up with the boat, and he couldn't catch up with the boat that he made. And so uh, eventually he just, well, he, lo he lost his boat, and he was so sad because he had made it. He really liked it. And um, it was a couple of days later, 
you know, he, it was after school and he was walking home after school and he walked by this shop and he saw his boat in the window and he ran in and he thought, I'm going to go in and get my boat. So he walked in and told the shop owner, hey, that's my boat. I lost it a couple of days in the river. Give me my boat. And he said, oh, no. He said, uh, son, that, that may be your boat. He said, but someone came in and I bought it from him. He said, so you're going to have to buy it back. And if you want it, it's going to be $10 uh, to buy it back. And he said, oh. So he went home. He rushed home. He looked through all of his stuff. He reached into the couch and found the change and all this stuff. And he gathered up and he had exactly $10. And he brought it back to the shop owner. And he gave him the $10. And he said, well, here's your boat back. And he took this boat and he hugged this boat. And he's walking outside of the boat, walking outside of the shop. And the shop owner uh, hears, hears him, and he says this. He says, you're mine twice. He said, I made you, and I bought you. You're mine twice. See, there was something about him making the boat, but there was something about him going and taking all that he had and buying it back. And you know with Jesus, he is our creator. But there's something so precious about him being my redeemer. He bought me back. I'm his now. He's yours now. Would you stop and thank the Lord today, just personally in your life? Think of some things he's redeemed you from. Times you've walked away from the Lord, haven't obeyed God. And let's stop and thank him. Thank you, Jesus, that you're our redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of Psalms, I want to read this last verse, Psalm 107, verse 2. It says this, let the redeemed of the Lord, come on somebody, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, don't just sit there on your redemption. Talk about it. Tell your story. See, that's what, that's what believers do. They testify. They, they testify of what they believe and who they believe in. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Whom, the Lord, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Notice where we've been redeemed from, from the hand of the enemy. I like in the NIRV, it says, let those who have been set free by the Lord tell their story. He set them free from the power of the enemy. He set them free from the power of the enemy. I want us to do this today. Would you take this communion? Take this cup today. This is for believers. It's not to be taken lightly or just out of tradition. It's for those who are in Christ Jesus. The simple gospel story is that Jesus, the Son of God, if you need, by the way, communion, you can just raise your hand. Someone will grab it, give it to you. The simple gospel story is that Jesus, the Son of God, came down to this earth. He lived a perfect life. And then he gave his life on the cross for our sin. Then he was raised again on the third day for our salvation. And it says in the book of Romans chapter 10 that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God's raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. One day, soon and very soon, we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ and he's going to open a book. And if our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, the Bible says, 
then we get to spend eternal life with Jesus. And the only way to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life is to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. There's only one door to heaven, only one door to God, and that's Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.